You're listening to 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. Today is March 5th, and you're currently tuned into the very first episode of Women's World Cup Weekly, a live show covering all 32 teams participating in this summer's World Cup. My name is Gianna Bel Castro, and I'm really excited to share my soccer knowledge with you all. I'm also very excited to have my own radio show. The first time I'm on the radio, so if I seem a little nervous, uh, maybe you could cut me some slack. <laughs> anyway, I'm just really happy to be here and so excited to talk about soccer. Um, fun fact, which I'll get into more when I talk about myself a little bit, I know. Gotta talk about myself before we get started. Just a little introduction for you all. My family is not very into soccer. I told them I would be hosting the show and they were like, you're just going to tell people that soccer is boring? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's your opinion. I just want to share my knowledge. It's all up in my noggin. And I thought, might as well spread the wealth. You know, is that what is it? Share the wealth? Spread the wealth? Something like that. Um, anyway, welcome to 90.3 Karen. You link in. Again, my name is Gianna Bel Castro and I'm your host. And... Yeah, I just, I love soccer, and I hope by the end of these 10 episodes, you will share the same love of soccer that I do, even, maybe even more than I, which we might have to have a contest for that. Anyway, I just want to talk about the weather for a second. The weather has been fantastic in Lincoln. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. That's a lie. I'm from Naperville, Illinois, but it's very custom for... It's very customary for people from Naperville to say they're from Chicago. It was just like, oh, I'm going to say this really quick. I'm from Naperville. I don't claim Chicago. My mother can claim Chicago. Anyway, this weather has been so great. Yesterday, I was sitting outside with... uh, I was on the phone with my grandmother. We were FaceTiming FaceTiming each other, and (laughs) she saw the blue sky, and she goes, oh, I wish I had this back home. It's snowing. And I'm like you know what? It was supposed to snow here, but it's just been great weather. I cannot complain. I was complaining in January and February, but now it's getting warmer. The weather is nice. I might take more walks outside instead of just, you know, walking to Anderson and back. Um, For those that don't know, Anderson is home to the J School at UNL, which is where this show is coming from fun stuff here anyway i just the weather's been great this is my first year here in nebraska and it's been reasonably going well when i say reasonably i mean like i've heard about the bad stuff yes the wind sucks the wind is bad but we're getting close to outdoor soccer weather which i love so much that's all i wanted to say Anyway, welcome to the very first episode of Women's World Cup Weekly. Each week, I'll be doing a deep dive into a group in this summer's World Cup. Group A deep dive will be next Sunday. By the time this show ends in May, you'll have learned about all 32 teams and maybe even pick a team to root for. I'm not going to give my pick yet for that. I have a lot of great teams that you can root for. All 32 deserve a chance, but in the end, you can only pick one. Or for me, I pick like a lot. I I go off heritage. 
<laughs> so obviously USA. Um, I was going to wait to do this until like the end, but I'll just say it now and then we'll revisit this. It goes USA, Ireland, what's next? Italy, that's an important one. <laughs> Although I don't know much about the Italy's women's national team. So I'm very excited to be doing this show because I will be doing some research on teams that I have no clue about. I know a lot about the men's team, but the women's team, that's a new one for me. So we'll be learning together, kind of. I don't know everything about soccer. I wish I did, but this will give me a great opportunity to learn about international and domestic teams, which that's just so great. Um, where was I? USA, Ireland, Italy. Scotland didn't make it. Wales didn't make it. What is left? Iceland, I root for for vibes. Vibes only Iceland each time. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I mean, once it gets to the the knockout stages, it's pretty much like if your team gets out, you pick a new team to root for. I'll tell you about my expectations for each team when we get there, but those are my big three for now. Oh, Australia. I love Australia so much. I am a huge Sam Kerr fan, which um, I'm not talking about in my about me portion in, in a second, but like she is a one of the reasons that I fell in love with soccer outside of the story that I'm going to tell in a little bit. Um, since I'm not telling that story, I'll just say it now. When I did figure out that there was the National Women's Soccer League in the United States, um, Sam Kerr was on the Red Stars, and I just watched as many Red Stars games as I could. They mostly played on ESPNU or ESPN News, which was very hard to find on my TV. <laughs> it was so hard to find. I had like search it up on the guide and whatever. It was terrible. Um... But just the way that she moves on the field, the kinds of goals that she scores, it's just, and for her to be a Chicago Red Star to do it, that really, I think, set up my love for that team. And I'm very thankful that, you know, I got to watch that on TV. I never got to see her in person because she left during the pandemic to go to Chelsea, which is my favorite English team. So I guess it's a win-win, you know? Um, But she just brings an energy to the field that a team needs, especially a young team like Australia. But we'll get to that when we get to Australia, which um, I will tell you when we will get to these things. So what else is there to say? The final episode in May will be the predictions episode, which I just touched on a little bit. I'll be discussing you know who is gonna make it out of group play who is going to win it all who might be a surprise hint hint australia everybody but they gotta make it out of the group of death first which i will touch on when we get to the group part but yeah and my favorite part about this is that i may not be doing it by myself the whole time that's right i might be getting guests on this show a little more background on me that I didn't include in this. I'm just remembering all the stuff that I didn't include in my notes here. I host a podcast outside of this show. And so one of the things that I do is I interview people. And um, 
I just know so many people within the soccer community that there's so many different different kinds of people that would be super willing to come come on the show. And I do have a friend already that um, I offered him to be a part of. I told him to pick a week. So we'll see what week he picks and, and what group that we want to discuss. But yeah, I thought before we begin, I could tell you all a little bit about myself. So I'm a junior here at UNL. I'm double majoring in advertising, PR, and broadcasting. It may sound like three majors, but it's two. (laughs) That's my favorite thing that I get to tell people is they're like, you're doing three? No, add PRs together. It's very hard to write when I'm writing sentences because it's like I do the ad and then the slash and then the PR and then I do the ampersand. Is that what it's called? The fancy and. No, that's the, I don't know what it's called. The fancy and, and then broadcasting. Anyway, I transferred here from College of DuPage in Glen Ellen, Illinois. That's basically a community college. There I earned my associate's degree. I'm also a student manager for Nebraska soccer, a job I've had since September of 2022, which is why I was talking about soccer weather earlier. I love my job. I love the team. It's great. They're going to be doing so much. The show is not about them, though, so I'm going to stop talking about my job. In middle school, I fell in love with soccer. Growing up, the only sport I liked was baseball. I was a White Sox fan, born and raised. Fun fact, my uncle-slash-godfather was a bat boy for the White Sox in the 80s. My family also has one of those bricks in front of Comiskey. You know, like the, the it's got your name on it. I don't know where it is exactly, but it's so cool that our family name is like in front of the ballpark that we love and the team that we love, even though the White Sox have been doing pretty bad recently, but that's that's not important. Anyway, um, I refuse to call it anything else because I'm talking about Comiskey because those other names that that stadium has had are pretty awful, like guaranteed rate. U.S. Cellular? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There is no way those names are any good. I will continue reading my notes. (laughs) I don't need to be going off on tangents about baseball on a soccer show. Anyway, my life was and is still baseball, though although recently I feel like I've been losing connection with the sport and falling more in love with soccer. In the summertime, I work as a TV producer for the Kane County Cougars, an independent baseball team in the American Association. If you're a local listener, you might recognize the American Association. For our non-local listeners, the Lincoln Salt Dogs are also a part of the league. That's why I'm bringing it up. Kane County Cougars are better than the Lincoln Salt Dogs. That's my hot take only because I work for KC Cougars. That's all I have to say about that. I don't want to make any of our listeners upset. Anyway, the point is I didn't grow up with soccer. Soccer was never a sport I liked growing up, mostly with the rhetoric my family had to say about the sport. One day, I turned on a random soccer game, which happened to be Chelsea, and the rest was history. I found a new passion, and I became a fan right away. Aiden Hazard became my favorite player. His goals were so incredible and made defenders look foolish. 
In 2015, I watched my first women's soccer game on TV. It was the Women's World Cup, a showdown between the United States and Japan. Fun fact about the 2015 World Cup, only two nations bid for it, Canada and Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe ended up with the drawing, which led to Canada becoming the host outright. The final was a rematch of the 2011 World Cup final in which Japan beat the United States in penalties 3-1. I was 13 when the 2015 final happened. I sat at the kitchen table the entire game at the edge of my seat. Three minutes into the game, Carly Lloyd scores. The goal came off of a United States corner kick. Literally, the pass was right to her. It couldn't have been any better to open up the game in which you are trying to beat the opponent that beat you in the World Cup final four years earlier. This was payback for the United States. And oh, it gets better. Two minutes later, Carly Lloyd scores again. In the 14th minute, Lauren Holiday scored. The United States had a comfortable lead already 14 minutes into the game. At this point, if you're not a soccer fan, you're probably thinking that there's no way that this score can get higher than 3-0. And I hate to break it to you, but there's more scoring. I remember sitting at my kitchen table watching Carly Lloyd kick the ball from midfield, which led to the score increase to 4-0. I was cheering and pumping my fists in the air as I watched the ball sail over the poorly positioned goalkeeper to give Carly Lloyd a hat-trick in the first half. Just a reminder for those keeping track, this is only 16 minutes into the game. 16! That goal ended up being the goal of the tournament. Yes, they were like, we probably have one in the bag. And then Carly Lloyd does that, and now it's the goal of the tournament, which I haven't seen... A lot of the other goals from that tournament but that by far has to be like all the way from midfield over the goalie's head to secure the hat trick 16 minutes into the game like in terms of a comeback story you cannot write that any better than that any better the game ended 5-2 and the united states won their third world cup title the united states repeated in 2019 and is looking for another win this summer since the 2015 World Cup, I've followed women's soccer immensely. I've had the pleasure to interview seven current and former pro women's soccer players and multiple other folks that work in women's soccer. Soccer is a huge part of my life, and I wouldn't be who I am today without it. Now, enough about me. Let's learn about this summer's World Cup. Australia and New Zealand will play hosts as the two nations are the first to host a joint bid in women's World Cup history. This is also the first time the continent of Oceania is hosting the premier women's tournament, joining Asia, Europe, and North America. The bidding for this summer's World Cup took place in February of 2019. Nine countries initially indicated an interest in hosting the, the World Cup. Argentina, Australia, Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Japan, South Korea, with interest in a joint bid with North Korea, New Zealand, and South Africa. According to FIFA, this was the record number of federations that expressed interest in hosting a World Cup ever. Soon after, Australia and New Zealand announced in their new campaign, as one, that they would be bidding together. Brazil, Colombia, and Japan also announced they'd be officially bidding, but Brazil and Japan both dropped out in June 2020. As one received 22 votes, 
Colombia received 13, and two federations recused themselves, which left as one winning the bid. Australia is the second federation from the Asian Football Confederation, also known as AFC, to host a World Cup. The first was China, and they've done it twice. For those curious, Australia used to be a part of the Oceania Football Confederation, also known as OFC, until it left for the AFC in 2006. New Zealand became the first OFC federation to host the World Cup. For the first time this summer, 32 teams will be participating in the tournament. Eight teams will be making their debut at the World Cup this summer. Panama, Morocco, the Philippines, Zambia, the Republic of Ireland, Haiti, Portugal, and Vietnam. Each confederation gets a certain number of spots for this tournament. The most are UEFA, which is the European Confederation, with 11, then AFC with 6, then CAF, which is Africa, and CONCACAF, which is North America, are tied with 4, followed by CONMEBOL, which is South Africa, with 3, and finally the OFC with 1, which New Zealand, New Zealand has claimed. We know that. There are also spots up for grabs in the 10-team playoff tournament that fills up the final three spots. Those spots this year were filled up by Panama, Haiti, and Portugal, which, if you recall, are first-timers in this World Cup. This World Cup will also be special for the Philippines, as this is the first-ever FIFA tournament their senior national teams have been a part of, men's or women's. This is also the first time an Arab country has made the tournament, which is Morocco. And I just want to talk about Morocco for a quick second. While they did lose the CAF tournament last year against South Africa, if you think the Morocco men's team is exciting, which I'm, I'm such a fan of the Morocco men's team, the women's team is just as exciting. Like, they... I will get into this in my deep dive episode. They're just an electric team. People are sleeping on South American and African teams. And these teams, the teams with, you know, the, these other teams are going to be like, oh, it's like whatever. Like, oh, it's Zambia. Like, no, watch out. Genuinely watch out because these teams are about to surprise a bunch of people. South Africa, um, Morocco. Um, Zambia, I think, you know, can do some stuff. Brazil, we got to talk about Brazil for a second. I'm going off topic, but Brazil for sure, like, they've never won a World Cup. And I'll touch on this in a second in my, well, not in a second. There's a fast facts section, um, that I'll be doing, but we'll get to that at the end. Um, where was I? Oh, I was talking about Morocco. We love Morocco. Um, So you may be wondering, I know about the teams making their debuts, but what about the rest of the teams? Don't worry, I've got you covered. For starters, we should talk about the separation of the groups. Four teams will be in Australia, and the other, I shouldn't say teams, four groups will be in Australia, and the other four will be in New Zealand. Now that we know this, let's learn the groups. I will name each group each team that's in the group and where the group will be playing. When we go to the deep dives, we'll be talking about the stadiums, the cities, um, training areas, home bases, stuff like that. So without further ado, let's 
Get into it. Group A is comprised of New Zealand, Norway, the Philippines, and Switzerland. And you guessed it, guys. It takes place in New Zealand. Group B is Australia, Ireland, Nigeria, and Canada. And when we get to group B, we will hear a lot about this. But this is my group of death. Group of death. What does that mean? Group of death is a group that is so good. So good that it's anybody's game to win. So each group gets two people, or two people. Two teams come out of all these groups. And that goes to the knockout stages. I don't know how it works this year. I don't know if it's three teams. Maybe it's from certain groups. So not every group will get three out. Sometimes it's only two. Australia, Ireland, Nigeria, and Canada are all powerhouses in their own areas. (laughs) Um, Even though, you know, this is Ireland's first time. Ireland's squad is so good. I I can't wait until we get to Group B because Group B is like my group of death. And then there's another one later that I will be talking about. Not to say that these groups aren't necessarily like all stacked, but when it comes to the groups that are together, like Group B, um, and when we learn more about each group and and what they're about... You'll understand what I mean by group of death. So you're just going to have to wait until we get there, um, which is two weeks from now. So be prepared. Group C is Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan, and they will be playing in New Zealand. Group D is England, Haiti, Denmark, and China. I, I This might be another group of death. or Maybe? It's, it's, it's a possibility. Um, they're all good in their own. We'll move on. I don't want to take too much time to be like, group death, group of death, group of death. Too morbid, right? Oh my goodness. Group E is USA, the reigning champs, Vietnam, the Netherlands, and Portugal. And they will be playing in New Zealand. The USA and the Netherlands are in the same group together. They played in the World Cup final in 2019 in which the United States beat the Netherlands 2-0. Also with one of the best Rose Lavelle goals I've ever seen. Um, I also can't wait until we get to talk about the U.S. and the Netherlands game. Um, The U.S. squad is forever changing, as as all these other squads are changing, especially France um, and Spain. Those confeder- those federations, we got to talk about those. There's some drama going on. Not necessarily drama. That's bad to say. There's actual serious stuff going on in some of these federations. And retaliation. And um, hiatuses are being taken. Because of coaches and people that are leading these federations. Like what's going on with Canada. Well, Canada and Canada, the Canada Players Association and Canada Soccer have come to an interim agreement on pay and funding for these teams. It's still an issue, which we will get to when we talk about Canada. When we talk about France, we'll definitely talk about um, the French president of the, of the Federation stepping down and, you know, the coach resigning in Spain. When we get to that, we'll also talk about... Um, the coach and retaliation um, and a bunch of other stuff that has been going on with that. Um, What group am I on? Oh, group F. Group F is France, Jamaica, Brazil, and Panama. 
they will be playing in Australia. This could be another interesting one. I really shouldn't be doing my predictions now, but I want to so bad that, you know what, after we're done, I'm going to do my predictions now. And maybe after I do my research, I'll have whole new stuff. That's what we're going to do. I make up the rules as we go here, everyone. What's next? A group G is Sweden, South Africa, Italy, and Argentina. And finally, group H, oh, and they'll be playing in New Zealand. Group H is Germany, Morocco, Colombia, and South Korea. And they'll be playing in Australia. Okay, let's go through who I think is going to go through. Let's go through who I think is going to go through. Okay, group A. Reminder, that's New Zealand, Norway, Philippines, and Switzerland. Oof, this is tough, but I think the two European teams are going to go through. Although I feel like the Philippines... Mm, I'm going to say Norway and Philippines right now. Switzerland might be surprised. I think the Philippines is better than I think they are. So I'm going to say Norway and Philippines. New Zealand is not good. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you all now. Like, it's just not there. So from what I've seen, um, they have to invest in their youth more. Anyway, I, should, I really shouldn't be doing like the, the, the deep dive stuff now. But that's okay. That's fine. Philippines, Norway, Philippines, final answer. And I'm doing it in the order of, like, winner of the group, second place. So I guess mine would be Norway, Philippines, Switzerland, New Zealand. Okay, group B, group of death. I'm going to say... Mm, oh, my, my, it's, it's in between Australia, Nigeria, and Canada for me. Sorry, Ireland, I respect you so much, but Katie McCabe can't do all your stuff for you. I might have to go with, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with Australia and Canada. If a third team is able to go out of that group, I'm going to say Nigeria. Um, but I will say, like, if Canadian players, like, if they plan on going on strike and then, or take, like, temporary hiatus from the team, sorry, from the team, like French players are doing, then I might have to switch it to Australia and Nigeria, but time will tell. I mean, this episode will be for two weeks, so a lot can happen in between then. So we'll see. Okay, Group C, Spain, Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan. I'm going to go Spain and Japan, Costa Rica, and then Zambia. Okay, Group D is England, Haiti, Denmark, and China. I'm going to go England, China, Denmark, Haiti. But that's also, like, a really tough one. Group E, USA, Vietnam, Netherlands, and Portugal. I'm going to say because Vivian Maidama is out with uh, ACL injury, so she won't be able to play. And she's, like, the, the, the star of the team. And I don't know what they're going to do without her. I'm not all too familiar with their lineups. I know that they weren't doing well when Mark Parsons was head coach for them. And he's currently now head coach of the Washington Spirit back in the NWSL uh, coaching. But 
I I don't think I don't think the Netherlands are gonna do it. I'm gonna say USA, Portugal, Netherlands, and Vietnam. Okay, Group F: French, Jamaica, Brazil, Panama. I'm gonna say Brazil, France, Jamaica, Panama. Now, if France is without their stars, if if more people are gonna start dropping out of the squad until something happens with their federation, then I want to say Brazil, Jamaica, France, Panama. You know what? I'm going to say Brazil, Jamaica, France, and Panama for now. Okay, Group G, Sweden, South Africa, Italy, and Argentina. Okay. I have Sweden. I Okay. I don't know. This is, like, maybe the group I know the least about. But I'm, I'm really glad I get to learn. So we'll be doing this together. I'm going to say Sweden, South Africa, Italy, Argentina. Like it, like how it is written here in front of me. Um, that was easy. Where's the Staples button at, everybody? Group H, the final group. That's Germany, Morocco, Colombia, and South Korea. Um, I'm going to go Germany, Morocco, South Korea, Colombia. Final answer. I think these teams... Better watch out for the African teams, especially, as well as the South American teams. Um, and for the listeners at home, if you're going to watch this World Cup, I say, you know, pay attention to them more than the bigger name teams like England, France, USA, Germany, whatever. Um, I think a true underdog story can happen here, just like what happened with Morocco. Um, that was quite spectacular even with Denmark in the Euros the men's Euros I'm talking about men's soccer right now Uh, Morocco in the men's World Cup Denmark in the Euros both of those teams made it to the I will say final four what is that the semifinals I always think in like (laughs) college basketball terms when it comes to this stuff um it's like the final four you know March Madness anyway um, yeah, I would, I would pay attention to the underdog teams more than the big name ones, because all the big name teams are going to be covered, and the smaller confederations, the ones that people don't know as much about, won't be talked about, and that's why I'm doing this show. Um, a little bit more about that after this quick little thing that I have to say. Ready? It's been a half an hour. You're listening to 90.3 KRNU. Hello everyone, my name is Gianna Belcastro and you're listening to the first episode of Women's World Cup Weekly, a new radio show where I talk about all 32 teams a part of the World Cup happening this summer in Australia and New Zealand. If you've been with us this entire half an hour, thank you so much. I really appreciate you listening today. I Thank you for taking the time to learn a little bit about women's soccer. If you just started tuning in a few minutes ago, let's get you caught up to speed. I was going over the groups. I talked a little bit about myself and why I'm hosting this show. Um, What else did I say? Oh, the weather is nice out. (laughs) I like the weather. I am obsessed with the weather channel. Outside of sports, I like watching the weather channel when there's hurricanes or big storms. That's another fun fact about me that you can write down. (laughs) I like watching the weather channel and soccer. Um, We were also talking about my predictions my predictions for now compared to when I do this do the predictions at the end because I think they're going to be different after I learn more about each team we also discussed how 
many teams there are from each confederation because there's a certain slot um, there's a certain fixed number that each team gets we also talked about the bidding process for the world cup and how that all happened and if you missed the beginning of this episode but you want to hear it don't fret We will be available on Spotify the next day. So make sure to look up on Spotify, Women's World Cup Weekly, every Monday at the same time, 2 p.m. Central. And if you want to stay tuned for episodes coming up, make sure you're tuned in here from 2 to 3 every Sunday from now until May 7th. Or again, if you cannot listen to our episodes the following Monday afternoon, it will be uploaded. You can also follow us on Twitter at WWC Weekly. That's right, there's a Twitter page and there's one follower and that's me. So if you want to make it more than one follower, please go ahead and follow. I'll be posting polls, little snippets of episodes and more. Okay. Amazing stuff here. Let's get back on track. What are we going to talk about next? Let's talk about some fast facts. Should we do fast facts or history of the World Cup final? Let's do history of the World Cup final before fast facts. We'll end with fast facts. Okay. So the Women's World Cup was founded in 1991. And... So all this other information will be the winners of each World Cup. I do not have runner-up information, but runner-up information, I'll talk about U.S. runner-up information after all of this. Okay, let's just get right into it. The first ever World Cup was held in China, which the United States won against Norway. In 1995, Sweden hosted, in which Norway beat Germany. In 1999, the United States hosted, in which the United States won their first star against China at the Rose Bowl. For your Brandy Chastain fans out there, yes, this is where the iconic World Cup celebration comes from. If you don't know what I'm look what I'm talking about, just look up Brandy Chastain World Cup final. And I'll do a little explaining into this as well. So if you've ever seen that picture of Brandi Chastain holding her shirt. Uh, She took her shirt off. She was wearing the iconic sports bra um, in which she scored the final penalty to beat China in the World Cup. Um, It's pretty iconic. There's a statue now outside of the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, and it's one of the most memorable moments in World Cup history. Um, probably more memorable than than my Carly Lloyd story. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's so iconic and it's just, if you haven't seen that whole goal celebration and all that, please, um, go on YouTube and and look that up. In, In more recent news with the women's Euros happening last summer, Chloe Kelly did the same celebration in which she did take her shirt off and then receive the yellow card after scoring in extra time to beat Spain in the Women's Euros final 
um, which that final in itself was pretty spectacular. Or sorry, not against Spain, against Germany. I don't, I feel like I'm forgetting my facts here. Was it an extra time? I think it was an extra time against Germany. Um, a fantastic football match, by the way. That entire Euros, um, if you haven't seen highlights of those, I would check that out. Um, probably one of the best tournaments out there besides the one that Africa hosted last summer. Um, I say those are tied. But I digress. Look at the Brandy Chastain goal. Look at the Chloe Kelly goal. Two iconic celebrations. The same kind of deal. Um, and the, the story behind that um, is amazing. I do have a quick story to tell. So um, the buildup to that goal was so funny. So Alessia Russo, who is an English player, got taken down in the box. <laughs> um, so she had been fouled. And she was just lying on the ground. All of a sudden, Chloe Kelly scores. And so the stadium erupts. And she's like, she's down, face planted um, into the grass. She looks up, gets up, starts running. Um, Her foot was bothering her or whatever, but like the adrenaline just like kept her going. And it was just like, I I keep watching this interview because it's so funny. Um, Like hearing the crowd roar, roar you get up you have no idea what's happening all of a sudden you're like up one against germany in the euros final like <laughs> go look up that interview too um it's just so funny the way that she gets up after hearing the, the crowd it's just there's so many different things you have to look up what if i started assigning homework each week how would how would you feel about that maybe i could tweet it out or put it in the show, or the, would it be show notes? No. The bio of the, or the description of the Spotify post each time I put those up there. Um, your homework is to look up this video, this video, and this video. I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot because there's so much exciting content that has to do with this. And I think um, videos are a great way to learn more about this tournament especially with goal watching i would say watch a lot of goals um yeah you're gonna get homework with this show so i hope you're ready um where was i always talking about brainy chastain also lose my train of thought from time to time because i just again i love soccer so much i go off on mini tangents anyway so 2003, the United States hosted it again due to the SARS epidemic in China. That year, Germany took their first title. In 2007, China got the opportunity to host the World Cup, and Japan beat the United States. No, that's wrong. I skipped ahead. I'm so sorry, everybody. Let's do that again. Rewind. Okay, ready? In 2007, China got to host the World Cup again as Germany became the first nation to repeat what to repeat in Women's World Cup history. Do you guys want to guess who the second is? <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll get to that. Um, in 2011, 11, Germany hosted the tournament as Japan bested the United States in penalties to win their first title, as mentioned earlier. In 2015, Canada hosted as the United States beat Japan. The United States repeated four years later 
in 2019 as they bested the Netherlands and the host country, France. That brings you up to speed on title winners, but let's talk about some fun facts. Before we get to the fun facts, I do want to bring up um, the 1995 World Cup. So, in 1991, the United States, uh, they won against Norway. And in 1995, Norway and the United States met up in the semifinals. And I forgot what documentary I was watching about this. Um, I remember watching with my cousin. It was... um, I don't know. I remember Brandy Chastain was in it and Julie Foudy, Mia Hamm. I can't believe I can't remember the name. It's on Paramount Plus. And the United States ended up losing against Norway. Um, I believe also this was when the, the U.S. Women's National Team was on strike. And so none of all of their players were there. Um... I really wish, you know what, I'm going to look it up on my phone really quickly, if that's okay. I wish there was, like, the Jeopardy music where it's like, do 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 I don't even know if I'm allowed to do that. I'll have to ask the staff later. Am I allowed to do the um, Jeopardy music on this show? The answer is probably yes, but it might be No. Um, I poorly typed it in to, oh, it came up, Dare to Dream, the story of the U.S. women's soccer team. It's from 2007. Wow. I watched this, like, last year, and it's from 2007. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, Dare to Dream. Um... And it was talking about how the U.S. wasn't being paid. So a lot of those players didn't go to the World Cup. And they tried their best, though. They did lose against Norway. And um, the Norwegian players, the only reason I'm telling the story is because I want to tell you all what they did. (laughs) The Norwegian players, when they celebrated, they got on their hands and knees. They, like, held on to each other's legs. And they did, like, this train, I, I guess... It was showing off. Although that's kind of embarrassing if, if I were to do that, I, I will say. Um, can you imagine, like, <laughs> like you're boasting that you won the game and you're going to the World Cup final because you just beat the team that won the first ever World Cup. So, like, that's pretty cool. And to show off, you're like, let's form a weird train and show off, which upset the players. Um, the U.S. players. Anyway, that didn't matter because they, they won in 1999 when all the players were back. And Brandy Chastain um, became an icon in the women's soccer world. Um, but that's all I wanted to talk about with that. Okay, it's time for some fast facts. I think this might be a recurring thing that happens on this show, where at the end of episodes, I will talk about some fast facts of these teams or whatever, except we're doing World Cup history fast facts. Okay, the U.S. Women's National Team has always been involved in a medal game at the World Cup since the competition started in 1991. That means 
they've always made it to the semifinals. And I don't think they've ever gotten fourth place. They've always meddled, which is cool. Moving on. Norway and Sweden are tied for second with four out of eight appearances in a medal game. A South American team has not won a World Cup yet. The closest a South American team has been to winning was in 2007, in which Germany beat Brazil 2-0. Shout out to Brazil. I think they're going to go really far this year, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to draw draw out like what I think is going to happen yet because we have to save that for the end, everybody. I'm so sorry. It, it just it has to happen because I'm, believe me, I haven't like put pen to paper yet in terms of drawing out what I think is going to happen, but I will. And I want to do it right now because I have some thoughts. Um, Brazil is stacked. Marta Dabinha. Oh my God. It's going on in Brazil. So just, just be warned. Um, next fact. Carly Lloyd is the only woman to ever score, score a hat trick in a world cup final. The other two are dudes. The first one to ever do it was Jeff Hurst, who played for England, and the second dude to do it is Kylian Mbappe, who did it in last year's World Cup final against Argentina, in which France lost to Argentina. Anyway, moving on. Formiga is the only player ever, men's or women's, to play in seven World Cups. I don't know how she kept in such great shape to play in seven World Cups, but I would like some tips on how to walk up three flights of stairs. Because walking up the three flights of stairs of Anderson is hard. Um, let me know on Twitter if you've experienced that. <laughs> because it is a pain in my side. Um, no, actually, like, I would love whoever Formiga's trainer was, like, Please let me, please let me know, hit me up and, and let me know how I can um, go up the stairs a little bit easier at Anderson. Um, let's see, the next one is an African team has never made it past the quarterfinals, um, which I think might happen. I think South America, uh, not South America, wow, South Africa might do it um, this summer. That's a hot take I have. I think they, they might might go to the semis. Ooh, we'll see. We shall see. Um, only two nations have won more than World Cup, and we discussed this already, is the United States and Germany. Marta is the all-time goal scorer in the World Cup with 17 goals, and she plays for Brazil. The most goals scored by a country is 138, a record currently held by the United States. Germany is a close second. I believe they have 121. Um, and finally, the United States, Germany, Norway, and Japan have never missed a World Cup. Okay, those were our fast facts. I think those facts were great. I wish I had more to share, but let's do our closing thoughts today. Closing thoughts. I think this summer is going to be truly wild. It's going to exceed everyone's expectations. It's going to create new fans. I mean, let's talk about the record-breaking opener that's going to happen between Australia and the Republic of Ireland. So, for context, the opening game of the World Cup had to be moved to a new stadium because of the overwhelming amount of tickets sales for that game 
I believe 80, more than 80,000 people have purchased tickets for that game, which um, might be the largest World Cup opener in the history of the World Cup. Um, I don't quote me on that, but I think, I think that is what's going to happen. I think it's like 80, 83,000 and it's at the, the national team's stadium, um, which brings, I just want to bring this up for a second. Some nations have national team stadiums, like England has Wembley. Australia has theirs. I don't remember what it's called. And so on and so forth. I only know one and it's Wembley. I'm sorry, everyone. Why doesn't the United States have one? I never understood. Like, Wembley is so iconic. We get it. Um, why doesn't the USA have one? May I suggest somewhere in the Midwest, like Soldier Field. <laughs> Actually, we don't like Soldier Field on the show. Because Soldier Field didn't get picked for the World Cup in 2026. Because the people that own it don't want to change the field. Even though they should. Because turf is bad. That's also another thing that we're going to talk about on here is player health and safety. So many people are out with ACLs. ACL injuries. MCL injuries. Etc. And a lot of that has to do with turf. You're seeing a lot of football players in the NFL especially getting injured because of non-contact reasons. One of those reasons, and I think it's the main reason, is turf. It's the synthetic grass um, that's being used, which is causing these injuries. Um, And I think FIFA's moving away from that. I don't know if it's set in stone for this World Cup. I'll have to talk about that next week when we start going into stadiums and you know, where they are, what kind of grass it is, uh, weather conditions, etc. Um, so we'll learn more about that. But a lot of these teams are going to be without some of their stars because of injuries they picked up during their club season or even during friendlies. Um, so that'll be, that'll be something that we're going to focus on too because I think there's 30 plus athletes out with ACL related injuries and I think that's due to the fact that these athletes are constantly playing their sport once their club season ends they have national team caps or they have um they go on loan to either like Sweden Australia uh New Zealand um I think Denmark is up there. Not every club season goes at the same time. Or a team, someone from a team like in the U.S. will transfer to a team in England. So they're basically going from one season to the next with zero breaks. And so the wear and tear on players' bodies is going to be a huge part of this conversation in terms of player health and safety concerns. Um, the NWSL is actually letting players take off four weeks in advance. I think the standard is three. I think they're getting an extra week. Or I think it, the standard's two, but they're getting an extra two weeks with that. So they're, the club season, I don't know if it's pausing. I, I forget. I'm an NWSL super fan. I should know. Um, 
I think they're pausing for like a hot second and then they're going to jump back into play. I think the Challenge Cup is a part of that. When we get to the USA, we'll be talking about the NWSL. And when we get to specific countries that have specific domestic leagues, we will be getting into those leagues, um, how these players are doing in that league, why they should be called up, etc. So club teams are an equal part of this conversation which I think is um, very helpful for those that may not know about, like if they have a favorite player, but they don't know where they play at besides the international team that they're on. Um, Like if you're a fan of Sam Kerr, I love Australia. Where does she play? Oh, Chelsea. Okay. Another interesting part of this will be um, cuts. I think... Each episode, I will be making a roster of, let's see, I think the minimum is 23. You have to have 23 players on your team. Or it might be, I th- there was a rule with the Men's World Cup. But then FIFA was like, actually, what we did with the Men's World Cup does not apply to you all. And I think it's 23. I don't recall. I'll have that number next episode. So I'm going to do let's say, rosters of 30, and then why these players probably won't make the team. It probably won't be perfect creations of rosters because I don't know much about every single country. And also, information might not be available. I'll give an example. So Jamaica has a women's league, but there is zero information, at least from what I can see, on the internet about these leagues. So it'll be incredibly hard to talk about those club teams however a lot of these Jamaican players either play in the U.S. in college or they play in England um or like other European teams so it'll be easier to learn more about them I just wish there was more information about their club teams in that country um I hopefully After this World Cup, there will be so much more media coverage where I won't have these issues of trying to find these teams because I just, I think the hardest part of covering women's sports in general is the lack of coverage overall that they have. And big tournaments like this can totally change things around. I remember um, when the, when the, Las Vegas Aces and the WNBA won their championship. There was so much more media coverage in Las Vegas. And that just makes me so happy. Or when South Carolina won uh, March Madness. Uh, Dawn Staley is a legend in South Carolina um, after what she's done for that program. So big events like those, for sure. It's... It just, it'll take some time, which I can be very impatient with sometimes, but I think the beauty of of this tournament is that the world comes together to watch women's soccer, and, and nothing can be better than that, and I think that this will probably be the most viewed World Cup ever. It'll probably have such, like, so many sellouts, um, fans coming together from all over, just for the love of, of women's soccer and, you know, maybe other players being discovered and being able to 
transfer to bigger and better clubs and be treated better. Although that's not always the case because of uh, treatment for different teams. And, and uh, France is another example. Spain, like I said earlier, it just depends. And the NWSL will be a whole other conversation because of everything that has happened in that league, which I wish I could do a whole separate episode for, but I don't have time for that. Um, I'm not going to promote my own podcast on here that I do outside. I'll have to ask permission to do that, but I do have an episode on that uh, on my other podcast. So I'll ask permission to be able to broadcast what it is on here. But, um, you know, let me know if you have any questions. You can tweet at us. I think there's a, a question thing on Spotify. So when I get that set up, you'll be able to ask me questions on there. Um, there's also a calling in option. I am not going to reveal that because I forgot what the number was. But next week, I will I will tell you what the call-in number is. If you know what the call-in number is, that's great because then I don't have to tell you. You already know, and that's perfect. So, yeah, I am super excited to be able to host the show here, and I just love that you know other people are as excited as I am. Um, hopefully, this can be your new favorite place to learn about women's international soccer. I guess international and club soccer. <sighs> yeah, I'm just I'm so pumped, and I think the the thing I want everyone to get out of this is that every player matters, and you know their health and safety, performance, whatever. Um, everyone's equally as important. Um, yeah. I think also what I want to do is I want to do fan questions at the end of episodes, so that's just something I I came up with. That's what I also do on my other podcast that I host. So if you do have questions and you want them answered on the show particularly, you can call into the station, or you can ask a question on Spotify, or you can follow me on Twitter, which is at WWC underscore W-E-E-K-L-Y, which is Women's World Cup Weekly on Twitter. We don't have an Instagram. I'm not making an Instagram. I don't have any images to upload. Um, We will just be available on Twitter. So if you're not on Twitter, sorry, you can use the Spotify questions thing, or you can leave a question in the reviews on Apple Podcasts because we will also be available on there. And if you use Anchor, I don't know if it's the same thing. I think you can like leave a message, like an audio message on Anchor. I'm not all too familiar with that uh, website, but that's okay. Um, We're living and learning and it's great. I don't know if I have anything else to say. Suggestions would be great. Um, I will be very strictly sticking to my schedule. And since I only get 60 minutes per show, that's like 15 minutes per team. Um, it'll be a little hard when I have to do my intro, so one team will probably get 10 minutes and I'll get a five-minute introduction, but um, yeah, thank you so, so much for listening to the first ever episode of Women's World Cup Weekly, a weekly show where we talk about international women's soccer. You've been listening to the introduction for this past hour, and I cannot wait to have you all listening next week as we do a deep dive on group a which i will remind you really quick is new zealand norway the philippines and switzerland
That is it for me. Thank you so much. My name is Gianna Belcastro. You've been listening to Women's World Cup Weekly, and you're listening to 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. Have a great day, everybody. See you next week.